Jake Gensel intercepted the puck. This was inside what would have been his defending blue line. Brian Dumoulin tried to go D to D. And Jake Gensel picked it off. And he went storming up ice. Straight line. Knew nobody was going to catch him. It's just him and Tristan Jari for 150 feet. And Jake looks at the net. And before he even goes in and attempts a move or anything like that, he flicks one. And Jari comes up with it in his glove rather easily, I might say. And Jake skates away with the most disgusted body language you'll ever see out of him because he's not all that demonstrative out on the ice. And I thought to myself, he's getting closer. Good morning to you. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And if it sounds like I'm a little extra excited today, it's because I was actually at PPG Paints Arena yesterday for the first time in 10 months. It was fun uh, just to walk in there and see some of the service workers, uh, security people, people working to keep the place clean. Uh, A lot of familiar faces, obviously, with the team itself, hockey operations. It's been way, way, way too long. More than any other team, more than any other sport, the one that's really fallen off uh, all of our radars has been the Penguins. You think about it, they were shut down early last March out in Columbus. They came back for a few days, and that was up in Cranberry in front of no people, and then they went off to Canada to get swept out of the playoffs by the Canadians in just four games. It's as if they haven't existed for a while. So it was neat. It was neat. It's one of those things that if if you're in my business and you take it as seriously as I do and you've been doing it as long as I have in one market, it's not something that you take for granted being in there and watching Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and all these guys skating around and getting ready to play an NHL season. Jake was my guy. On this day, I really, really wanted to pay attention to him more than anyone else. He actually had another partial break later in the game. Spectacular billiards pass off the far boards by Sidney Crosby. Uh, For those of you who go way back, reminiscent, although in an infinitely bigger setting, of Larry Murphy's bank pass to Mario Lemieux against Minnesota, in the 91 final, where you just spring the guy by just anticipating where the puck will end up at the other end. Fantastic. Jake goes in. This wasn't as clean a break, so he was kind of limited to what he could do. Still didn't do it. At least tried a forehand move. Jari wanted none of it. But Jake created a lot, and Jake's legs kept moving. And Jake tried plays that I didn't see him trying this past summer. He looked more like Jake, at least to me. So I brought that up with him. Jake, you looked uh, out there like you were you were flying. And, and to be honest with you, it, it looked at least a little bit different than this summer. How much, how much better do you feel right now than you could possibly have back at that point? Yeah, I just I feel a lot more confident and um, 
with the extra recovery time over this time, I think um, for me, it's just um, I feel stronger. I feel more confident and um, don't really think about it anymore. I would have some games under my belt. So uh, just um, just the confidence thing with it and, and how long it's been since it. So uh, I'm ready to go. I swear I'd expected him to say no. Uh, athletes don't like to concede when they're struggling in any form to recover from even a major surgery like the one Jake had a couple Christmases ago. It took him a long time, and he was granted a long time by the pandemic to recover, but he had nowhere to actually play hockey. So he shows up at this past summer camp, and doctors tell you your shoulder's fine, but you also have scar tissue issues. He didn't discuss this, but I've heard this from countless athletes when it relates to shoulders. They come back, and something happens to the shoulder, and your initial inclination right off the bat is, oh, no, I've heard it again, and then you realize it's just scar tissue. It's just something that's ripping that shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's the result of the surgery. So as much as I watched Jake in that summer camp, I saw how tentative he was. Not physically so much, but in more in the sense of his skating and just letting it all out and flying around and enjoying himself. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say this? It's not people think that you can just judge. Well, look, he took that hit, so he's fine. No, he's not fine. He's waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And he's not having fun. These are still games at the end of the day. They're still children's games. Jake is a creative, smart, ambitious, inventive hockey player. And he needs to have all of those traits in order to be the 40-goal version that we saw a couple years ago. In order to be the guy who scored 100 goals against the Flyers in that one playoff series. He needs to be all of those things in addition to fearless, a term that Mike Sullivan again brought up yesterday in relation to Jake. This was encouraging. Jake's importance to this team in this season but maybe even more so to this franchise for seasons to come, can't be overstated. He is the next guy. He's the only next guy the Penguins have. Everyone's always asking, what happens when Sid and Gino this or that or whatever? Jake's that next guy. You know, if you go back to the Detroit teams when they had those great cores, Fedorov and Iserman, they always had a next guy. They always had a Pavel Datsuk or a Henrik Zetterberg. They had a next guy who came along. The Bruins, much more recently, obviously. Patrice Bergeron and these older guys, David Krejci. Now they've got, they've got David Pasternak. They've got a next guy. You always want to have that. Jake is it. So seeing him... Having fun like that, seeing him flying around, and then hearing him acknowledge it afterward. Yeah, that, that made the day that much brighter.
dare say. When we come back, just one question. Brought to you always by our good friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. A lot of times when you hear messages like this from the food bank, it's about collecting donations, about getting uh, people to contribute. But it's just as big a part of their mission as they tell us on a regular basis to make sure that they get food to people who need it, not all of whom will readily stand up and say, hey, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. If you're one of those, if you need help as it relates to food, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. Don't be too proud. Go and do it. One more time, the address is pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. Today's question comes from Janine, who asks, I'm waiting to see if John Marino can handle the kind of minutes Chris Letang does in all situations before I'm ready to hand him the torch. But should he definitely get a shot at seeing if he can be that beast, meaning going 25 plus minutes? She further states that she agrees that Marino should stay with Marcus Pedersen, but adds, I also don't know what kind of minutes he can handle either. Um, these are, these are A, good questions, but B, they're good problems for the Penguins to have. And they're also a problem that really they don't need to deal with. If you think about this, you already have an established hierarchy in which you wouldn't offend anybody. If Latang and Dumoulin are out there as your top pairing, as your shutdown pairing, however it is that you want to call them. If you think about it, Marino and Pedersen can be maybe more free to join the attack because they won't be as concerned about facing the other team's top forward line. They'll have a little bit more flexibility uh, and space to continue growing, to continue maturing, to continue making sure that Marino doesn't fall into any kind of sophomore slump. And as I say that, I'm reminded of the kid basically passing the puck right to Jason Zucker for the easiest goal of Zucker's life. And I got to tell you, Zucker was on the other team. It wasn't a great look. <laughs> but you know, I was joking. I was up there watching it, this in the, in the press box with Phil Bork, and I said at the time, oh, see what happens when you sign a six-year deal. <laughs> He's such a good hockey player, but I had to throw that in. Uh, he's going to make mistakes. He's human, too. When I say, Janine, that I want to see Marino put into more challenging situations, it's not just about the hierarchical thing. It's not just about him leapfrogging uh, Latang or the, the second pairing leapfrogging the first pairing. When I say that, I principally am referring to the power play. Uh, I want to see Marino get time on the top unit. I want to see him get opportunities. I want to see him get some time, maybe him and Pedersen, 
some time as that shutdown pairing. Maybe there's a team, maybe there's an opponent or a top line where Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon will say, you know what, this team has this one guy who is fantastic at gaining the blue line on his own and creating from there. Well, who do I have on my roster whose greatest strength is just engulfing people who do that? It's Marino. It's Marino. He did it to Sid yesterday. As long as I'm pointing out bad things about Marino, he he had Sid come rushing right at him, and it was like Sid just disappeared from the face of the earth. He just went right into the Marino black hole. Maybe that's the circumstance in which you use those guys in an elevated role. You do it gradually. You do it responsibly, and you don't do it with any sense of feeling like you need to prove something. I could see them doing that, and I don't mean to make a big, big case out of this, and to repeat from when I've brought this up previously, it's not a it's not a dig or a shot at Latang, and let's get rid of Latang, and the next time that Latang has one of those bad giveaways in a game, and everyone wants to get rid of the guy, it's going to be Marino this, Marino that, move Marino up, the same way we heard about Justin Schultz for years and years. Keep giving the kid chances. Don't put a ceiling on him as I continue to say. That's a really good question, though, Janine. Thanks for sending that this way. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we will do this again tomorrow. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu slash works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.